In this week's update, the Bears were wrong yet again and the outlook for the next three months. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only. And please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, just before we start the market perspective, I just want to put up a, um, a chart of the S&P over the last, um, particularly the last month or so. So the August to October correction from here down to here ended on October 27 on the Friday. Um, the following US trading week was absolutely emphatic. We had gaps, we had strong candles, and we had significantly higher uh, trading volumes uh, when you looked at the individual stock level. And I called it that way on Sunday, the November the 5th. I said this was such an emphatic rally that um, the correction period was over and we would rally into uh, to the end of the year. And the powerful move to the upside has continued uh, since. And now we're only about 1% off the all-time highs. And you've really got to conclude, given all the circumstances, the, um, the, you know, the Fed statements uh, plus the market, that um, the odds favor this trend continuing into 2024. Now, of course, there'll be the odd um, pause or pullback in, in the trend. It's not just going to go straight up. We're going to get a few days. You know, maybe even a week or two, but it's pretty clear that the long-term trend is um, is to the upside. And the reason, of course, is that we're in a secular bull market. Um, you know, that's just been the reality. We've been in a secular bull market since 2013. History shows it's probably going to continue for uh, something of the order of another decade. And so, why wouldn't corrections? get followed by strong rebounds. New rallies are going to follow the corrections. It, it's how it, how it is in a secular bull market. And of course, logic doesn't give you the profitable answer as of one of the primary reasons that I've been doing these videos for as long as I have is to provide that perspective that, you know, if you follow the news or if you follow the logical thought pattern, that um, you really get the effective answer. Again, it's, it's just the way the market works. And so I just sort of shake my head and, and wonder when, when the herd will eventually learn. I, I guess they probably won't because that's how human beings are wired. And I get the occasional derogatory comment or, or a bit of a send-off from the habitually glass half-empty brigade. You, you know the ones. They're always bearish. They always see the sky falling in. They'd rather be right than profitable. Um, and it's just so incredibly dumb to think like that, to, you know, to live life with a, with a closed mind to learning. And it's no coincidence. And, you know, we track these stats. It's no coincidence that when I put out particularly bullish calls after we've gone through tough periods, like we had from August to October, that we see a mild reduction in the membership of this channel. The numbers of viewers actually goes down. The, the best, um, the biggest spikes we get is when, when it's a bearish, bearish message. So those people that, um, you know, that are, that are leaving the channel and stop watching, they're the, they're the bearish closed-minded brigade leaving the scene because the message is just not comfortable for them. So the point of this discussion is that we really want to sincerely thank the regular viewers of this video, which has been running now for 16 years, who clearly think differently 
Otherwise, I guess you wouldn't like my message and you wouldn't keep watching. You're the ones who are open-minded. You do see a highly profitable pathway um, ahead. You're just wired differently to the rest of the herd. And, and therefore, your chances of achieving investing success are far, far greater. So, you know, well done to all of you. And some of you have been watching for most of the last 16 years. And I've been doing this, um, this Sunday Market Perspective video for, for that long. And you're entitled to feel more confident about just how you approach the market. Those viewers um, who've also gone on to become members of Portfolio Analyst or the Insiders Club have benefited greatly in most cases. And we know that because we get the feedback. You know, we get the overwhelming feedback. So what is the secret sauce, if you like? Um, and why do I feel so supremely confident about the next three to five years? And look, I, I touch on it almost every week. There's only so, most, so many ways that I can say it, but yeah, let me say it again, because I, I guess I'm just trying to provide that, that independent perspective that, um, that can be helpful. So very simple, get a clear plan for you. And I know that, I know that lots of people struggle with that because they don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what the parameters that they should be considering are. So whilst it's very simple, I also understand that it doesn't come readily to most people. And we can certainly help with that in, in both services. Understand where the high probability, strong growth stocks will be. And there's only a, a very minor part of the market that have stocks that fulfill those criteria, that are, that are high growth and um, very high probability of that growth uh, actually being realized. So just build up a stable of those stocks. Forget about diversification. That's just rubbish. You know, why would you want to own underperforming stocks? It just makes no sense. So just focus on this, the high growth stocks with the high probability of getting there. Thirdly, develop an entry and management plan that is suitable for you. And different people are going to do things different ways. And that's absolutely fine. Just be clear about what is the way for you. And again, it's probably a difficult question for a lot of people to answer without, you know, some sort of sounding board or some sort of um, assistance or perspective in that regard. And finally, <clears throat> don't jump at shadows. You know, the correction we had from August to October, yeah, sure, it was uncomfortable, but stay the journey, have the confidence that, you know, that we're right, we're riding the right horses and, um, and there's, you know, there's almost certainly going to be a profitable outcome if you follow the process and you stick with it for, um, for a period of time beyond, you know, the next three months. So that's the very, um, that's the very strong message that, um, that I want to put, um, put out, um, this week as, you know, as pretty much every week. So let's look at the market, the American, um, S and P rose 1% across the week. It was a shortened week with Thanksgiving in there. Um, but the sentiment remains decidedly positive since that big reversal, um, from October 27th, the, the sentiment just has just changed dramatically. Uh, 10 year yields have come down. The VIX has collapsed down into, um, you know, highly bullish territory. Um, so things have changed quite dramatically. 
we've now got a strong seasonal tendency from here through to uh, probably February. Um, things can get a little, you know, a little rocky during parts of February and March, but generally from here to April is generally a pretty solid seasonal period. So take advantage of it. Um, what's working best um, in terms of the sectors? There's really no change, but we'll take a look at that in just a sec. Uh, the US dollar um, continues to dip. So once the expectations about more uh, Fed rate rises, pardon me, are off the table, then um, the US dollar has come down from around 107 and we're now getting down close to 103. Ten-year yield has come off from above five down to uh, 4.47. The VIX has collapsed from around 22 down to 12 and a half. So, you know, the retail punters are coming back into the market. Um, the something like $5 billion worth of retail fund inflows to, to um, ETFs um, in America. So, you know, things have changed around dramatically. The 10-year, two-year spread, though, is at negative 0.45. So the bond market is still, is still saying, you know, recessionary um, possibilities. So we've got, to, we've got to bear that in mind, that we're not, you know, we're not completely out of the woods. And that's why an open mind is just so critical. If you want to, you know, if you want to develop a, a, a certain thought pattern and just stick with it no matter what, you're in trouble in the market. Um, it's just not the way to go. You've just got to be open-minded and responsive to things that change. All right. Um, let's take a look at, um, at the key, um, spreads and, uh, in sector performance. This is the NASDAQ versus the S and P, um, mostly sideways during the week. So the two of them performing pretty much the same, but no change. Um, also. No real change. We've got a little bit of a dip on um, on Wednesday and Friday in semiconductors relative to the S&P, but look, that's not much. It's just part of the three steps forward, one step back on advance. So semiconductors continuing to outperform, and that's very positive for the market. Um, there's SMH, which is one of the global major semiconductor ETFs. And you can see there was, we actually traded up on Friday. Ended up turning around at the end, but the volume was the lowest of the week. It was a shortened session anyway, so there's not very much. You know, I'd much prefer to focus on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, three very powerful days for the S&P. Uh, if you look at the relative comparison charts on a sector basis over the last quarter, um, there's no change, no change in order at all. So we've got technology at the top. Communication services. Uh, then we've got finance and consumer discretionary. So three of the top four uh, performing sectors quite clearly are um, are in the uh, the aggressive part of the market. And then we're getting quite a strong rebound now from uh, materials, and that's helped a little bit by gold, which I'll I'll get to. Healthcare also has had a pretty hard twenty twenty three but starting to, uh, to rebound. And just taking a peek at the Australian market, again, very little change here either. Materials leading the way, and that's thanks to the very strong iron ore price. 
Um, our market would be in a lot of trouble if the iron ore price wasn't up at $130 a ton. Um, finance is, um, is doing quite well. Healthcare has recovered from a very weak period, thanks to stocks like CSL in particular. Small caps starting to get a little bit of love from the market. At the bottom, we've got um, information technology, um, and that's been because there's, there's been a couple of sharp sell-offs in a couple of the major stocks. Um, and also energy. Energy was leading the way at the start of the year, but, but with the oil price coming off, has, uh, has been pressured. So that's the, um, that's the Aussie market. So if we look at currencies, US dollar got above 107, and now we're down to 103 and a half. Um, so certainly that, um, that little bubble there in the US dollar has broken, and of course that has sent the Australian dollar heading in the upwards direction. But look, we're still uh, only just over 65, and um, you know if the iron ore price does come off, I think it's a bit it's confusing a lot of people at the moment why why the iron ore price is at 130 dollars when um, you know the Chinese property market seemingly is in trouble. And again, that's that's the the folly of making decisions around the news or around logic. So one would think with China's economy in trouble, we've got property um, construction companies collapsing, you would think the iron ore price would be, um, would be quite weak, but of course it's doing exactly the opposite. And that's why you've just got to play the market as it, um, as it presents. The Aussie market, um, 65.27 is where we finished. Our index fell 0.1% across the week. Um, I don't know what it's going to do on, on Monday morning um, because it, was, um, it wasn't that much of a lead from, from the US. So the Aussie market will just have to sort itself out. And there's little change as we saw in the, um, in the batting order of, uh, on a sector-by-sector -sector basis. Um, there are numerous high-quality, long-term, strong-growth companies that are providing outperformance while we, might, while we wait for the commodity cycles to turn. And they will. Lithium will be back into favour. Copper will be back into favour. Um, nickel's a bit of a disaster area at the moment, but um, certainly the, the long-term outlook um, for commodities in Australia, and I'm talking you know, two years and beyond, is extremely strong. Um, but at the moment, don't, you know, don't fight the trend. The, um, there, is, um, there is certainly not much momentum in most of the commodity sector. There's a, there's a few smaller stocks that are performing well, but the vast majority of them aren't. So just, just leave it be for a while. There are plenty of others in non-mining sectors that, um, that are just going great guns. Um, and if you want to know about those, then um, there's plenty of that information in um, Portfolio Analyst or the Insiders Club. Precious Metals, gold, managed to close above the $2,000 threshold. Um, that's probably has a psychological, positive psychological impact as well. So now it's really a time. The circumstances for gold have been pretty conducive for a number of years. The rising interest rates uh, certainly, pardon me, certainly 
um, torpedoed that for a while. But now that the market seems to be getting very comfortable, that interest rates have peaked, then it really is time for the gold balls to step up. And, and there are a few signs. Uh, in Australian dollars, steady, 3,068. And if we look at GDXJ, which is really the global proxy for um, for the, the broad gold stock market, there's definitely some positive signs there for sure. And, and also in the Australian market uh, as well. So let's look at gold. So gold on a, uh, on a daily. So you can see with, we had a very strong run from down around uh, 1800 and we got to 2000, a little bit of a pullback to, um, to 1935. And now we've, we've kicked on again. So the last uh, 10 days have been pretty strong. And if we put that on a weekly chart, you can see that, um, yeah, you've, you've just got to look at that chart and say, the trend is to the upside and the chances are we're going to take out these highs at some point in the not too distant future. 2070 um, is only about $65 above where the gold price is at the moment. If we look at GDXJ, you can see definite signs now of, um, of a bottoming formation. I don't get too um, hung up on head and shoulders patterns, but there's, you know, it's a pretty clear head and shoulders pattern developing here. So that is, um, that is the gold market. Turning to other commodities, a copper up fractionally, but nickel is in a world of pain at the moment, down to $7.20. Uh, crude oil fluctuated between around 73 and, uh, and 78, finished in the middle of that uh, during the week. Um, Certainly the delayed OPEC uh, plus meeting um, on production cuts, which we know that the Saudis are, are keen to do to get the oil price up above 80. Um, the delay of that meeting led to some volatility in the oil price because it creates uncertainty and markets hate that. And I think one of the issues there reading between the lines is that, uh, why the delay is apparently there's some lack of member compliance to um to the production cuts so that appears to be part of the issue so not not all is well in um in opec land <laughs> there's the spot copper chart so a bit of a gain over the last few weeks warehouse levels stayed pretty pretty stable around the um 180,000 tons in the lme if we look at uh, spot nickel awful just awful for uh, for nickel, so don't have too much expectations around nickel stocks at the moment. So wrapping it up, um, long-term higher level investing success does not require more risk. Now I know that we've been fed a diet of uh, you know a diet of absolutes that says if you want a higher return, you must take higher risk. It's not true. Just just think about this. If, if you buy better performing stocks rather than the rest of the market, then aren't you by definition going to improve your return without taking any more risk? In fact, quite probably taking less risk. If, if you buy stocks that are far more likely to, to rise in price, 
Or consider the other aspect. What if you only buy stocks, you only buy quality stocks when they've gone through a period of two, three, four months of retracement, as opposed to just buying any old time? Then aren't you going to improve your return for no increase in risk? So please shake this thought that if you know if, if you want a better return, you've got to take more risk. It just doesn't hold water when you think about it. One of the key ingredients, and, and this is out of the you know the mouths of Buffett and Charlie Munger, is don't be impatient. Just if you've got quality assets and they're not doing what you'd like in the next you know three months, just wait a bit longer because eventually they will. So it just requires, you know, successful investing just requires a bit more time than most people are prepared to give it. You know, don't expect instant overnight success. It just doesn't work that way. So my simple question to everyone listening to this is, do you want to build a, a really solid wealth outcome or do you not? If you, want to, if you want to build a really solid wealth outcome, then you've just got to do some basic things that don't come naturally to most of us. You know, most of us are impatient. We want the result. We want it now. Well, investing, you know, good investing, long-term wealth creation doesn't work that way. So there is a method. It's a very clear and simple method. I bang on about it every week. Um, and you know, pretty much every day in the, in the insiders club information that I sent out. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's very doable. Portfolio analyst last week, we looked at portfolio construction principles as we do pretty much most weeks. Um, and I think members really get a lot out of that. So that's it for this week. More information on the website. There's my email address and I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers.